welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. All right, now, so we're going to start this book here, the book of of Ruth, and this is one, as you know, one of the shortest books in the Bible. There's only 85 verses, but like all the Word of God, it has this characteristic. It's just packed with treasures of truth, and we can imagine that God just can't wait to reveal these things to us as we give ourselves to the serious study of this book. And like all the books in the Bible, these treasures of truth, when we let the book of Ruth, like all the books in the Bible, we will be led to the central theme of the Bible, who is the fairest Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we turn to our God, who is the God of hope, that we, that he, that God, through his Holy Spirit, through his Holy Ghost, will make us abound in hope. And the hope that God gives, it's a wonderful term that for the hope God gives. Turn, if you would, please, to 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 16. Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 16, where it describes with one word, one adjective, our hope. It says there, now, in 2 Thessalonians 2, 16, it says, now, our Lord Jesus Christ himself, and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. The hope that God gives us is called a good hope. That's the adjective. It's a good hope. And it's, a, and, and it's, it's, it's good for us to ask the question, why is it a good hope? What makes it a good hope, as it's described here? Why is the hope that God gives us a good hope? The good, it's a good hope because we, we have, it's a good hope we have because of what it says about our hope in 1 Peter 1, 3 through 4. It talks about our hope there. And it says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. So these verses in 1 Peter 1.3 tell us that our hope is good because it's a good hope we have because it's called a lively hope, which means that it's a hope that's not like a stagnant pool, it's, but it's like a bubbling fountain, like the Lord spoke when he spoke to that woman at the well in John 4, and he said in John 4, 14, when he was speaking to her and she was so thirsty, she didn't have any hope, she had a stagnant pool for a hope, but she didn't have any hope. And so the Lord said to her in, in John 4, 14, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. As a matter of fact, 
Peter, to describe our hope, used the same word, lively, that the Lord used to describe the water he was speaking about as springing up. It's lively. And the Lord Jesus Christ said in John 4.10, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest asked of him, and he would have given thee living water, or lively water, that's the same word, living water, lively water, as Peter used to describe our hope, lively hope. So like a fountain that's springing up and it's constantly being replenished with fresh water, with new water, our hope is constantly being replenished and the old stagnant despair is pushed out by new fresh hope from God, from the scriptures. It's a good hope. Number one, it's a good hope because we have that we have because it's constantly being replenished by God like a spring of living water. Next, it's a good hope that we have because of what it says and it continued to say in 1 Peter 1, 3 through 4, where we read already, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of of Jesus Christ from the dead, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It's a good hope we have because in 1 Peter 1, 3, our hope is based on the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He said that he would be killed by the Gentiles. Was he? Yes. He said that he would be resurrected from the dead. Was he? Yes. That's what our hope is based on. We look at an empty tomb in Jerusalem and we say, my hope is based on the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ is not here. He's raised from the dead. So number two, it's a good hope we have because it's based on the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a good hope we have because of what it says about our hope further in these verses in 1 Peter 3, 4, 1 Peter 1, 3 through 4, words where it says that he has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. It's a good hope we have because in 1 Peter 1, 4, it's a hope to receive an inheritance an inheritance that God has four things to say about our inheritance. First of all, he says our inheritance is incorruptible. That means it cannot be destroyed. It cannot deteriorate. It is incorruptible. It can't be marred or stained. Then it says number two about our inheritance, that it is a, that we have an inheritance which is undefiled, undefiled, not polluted with sin not defiled, not stained with sin. It's undefiled. And number three, our inheritance fadeth not away. It cannot devalue. It doesn't matter what happens with our economy. Our inheritance will not devalue. It will not disappear. It, will, it, it, is, a, it is an inheritance that fadeth not away. And then it says, the fourth point about our inheritance, it's reserved in heaven for you. It's got your name on it right now. It's got your name on it in heaven, and it's being kept for you, reserved. And it's a good hope that we have because it's a hope 
for a God-given inheritance which is incorruptible, undefiled, fades not away, and is reserved in heaven for us. It's a good hope that we have because of what it says about our hope in Romans 10, 11, where it says, for the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. It's a good hope we have because in Romans 10, 11, it says our hope will not make us ashamed. It won't make us embarrassed. You know, a picture of hope that makes a person ashamed or a picture of hope that's embarrassing is in Matthew 7, 21 through 23. This is a hope that makes ashamed and embarrassing where the Lord said, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and, ha- and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. That's a people who are ashamed. That's a people who are embarrassed. That's a people who are mocked for eternity who thought that by their good works, they were good enough, they deserve, they did enough to deserve to get into heaven. And they didn't take God's gift of salvation. They said, sinner, not for me. I don't, uh, that's, I don't need that. I don't need the cross. I don't need the blood. I don't need the Lord Jesus Christ. I've got a good enough life to get me into heaven. And to hope to get into heaven by that way, that wrong way, by being a good person, and, and is to be turned away in shame, in mockery on the others who said, well, look at you. I thought you were going to get into heaven by your good works. Shame, mockery to be turned away for heaven for not coming to God God's way through the Lord Jesus Christ. That makes a person ashamed. We don't have that. We have a good hope because our hope in the Lord Jesus Christ, number four, will not make us ashamed. It's a good hope we have because of what it says about our hope in Jeremiah 29, 11, where God says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. It's a good hope be we, that we have because of what it says in Jeremiah 29, 11, because it's based on the goodness of God and the good plans that God has for us, which are for peace and to land us safely on the golden shore of heaven. When we look at the creation in Genesis as we have, and we see there what, what God did, it's just one goodness after another. I mean, so it wasn't just one fruit, many fruits, not just one herb, many herbs, many fruits. Everything is good. Seasons are good. Daytime is good. Nighttime is good. Oceans are good. Everything he did is goodness, goodness, goodness of the Lord. It says in the Bible, the earth is full of the riches of God. All of that reflects the goodness of God. So when it says that he has good plans for us, thoughts of peace, and to give us an expected end. That makes our hope a good hope that we have because it's based on God's good plans for us, number five. It's a good hope we have because of what God says about our hope in Isaiah 53.10, where it says, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, was the one who was bruised, the Father, he hath bruised 
him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. This is talking about what God did. God the Father put the, God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to grief. He bruised him all so that he could make this great invitation. God's plan, make his soul your offering for sin. Put another way, in Romans 10, 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's a promise of God. It's a good hope we have because it's based on Isaiah 53.10. It's based on Romans 10.9, which is God's gospel. So clearly spelled out, make that you just make the soul of the Lord Jesus Christ your offering for sin. You confess with your mouth that Jesus is God. You believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead and God's promises, thou shalt be saved. It's not complicated, it's simple. And that's what makes it such a good hope, number six. It's a good hope we have because it's based on obeying God's gospel. And then it's a good hope that we have because of what it says about our hope in Titus 1-2. It says, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. It's a good hope we have because of Titus 1-2, because it's called a hope of eternal life. It's not just a hope for a good life here on earth, because if it's just a hope for life beyond, just on here on earth, that's not so great. But it's a hope for life beyond this life. The Bible has a description of a person who only has hope for this life alone. And that's in 1 Corinthians 15, 19, where it says, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. A person who is described as if in this life only we have hope is described as a person most miserable. A person who has hope in this life only is like a person sitting on death row. And how good can a last meal be when you're on death row? How good can a last night be if you could spend it in any mansion in the world when you're still on death row? And a person who has hope in this life only is like a person on death row most miserable. But that's not our hope. Number seven, it's a good hope that we have because it's the hope for eternal life. And then it's a good hope that we have because of what it says about our hope again in this verse in Titus 1-2 where it says, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. It's a great hope that we have because in Titus 1-2, it's a hope that's based on God who cannot lie. It's a good hope because it's based on God's promise and God cannot lie when he makes a promise. So number eight, it's a good hope that we have because it's a hope that's based on God's promise and God cannot lie. And then it's a good hope that we have because of what it says about our hope in Psalm 62.5 where David said, my soul, wait thou only upon God for my expectation is from him. 
It's a good hope we have because of Psalm 62.5, because we're told that our hope or our expectation is from God. Our hope did not come from us. We didn't sit down and with pencil in hand and say, you know, I think I'll just make up a hope, and this will be my hope. We, we, we didn't sit down and formulate our hope. Our hope was born in the heart of God. And then he gave it to us. He gave us his hope. It's a good hope that we have, number nine, because it's a hope that came from God. And then it's a good hope we got because of what it says about our hope in Psalm 119, 114. Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. I hope in thy word. It's a good hope that we have according to Psalm 119, 114, because we see that our hope is based on God's word, the Bible. The Bible stands, though the earth, though the hills may tumble. It will firmly stand when the earth shall crumble. I'll plant my feet on its firm foundation. The Bible stands, and our hope is built on the Bible. In Matthew 24, 35, the Lord Jesus Christ said, heaven, earth, going to pass away. It's going to pass away. But my words shall not pass away. It's a good hope we have because it's based on the word of God, number 10. It's also a good hope that we have because of what it says about our hope in Ephesians 1, 12 through 13, where it says that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, in whom he also trusted After that, she heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also that she believed, and you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. It also says in Psalm 39, 7, and now, Lord, what wait I for? My hope is in thee. My hope is in thee. See, it's a good hope we have because of Ephesians 1, 12 through 13 and Psalm 39, 7, because it's a hope which is clarified to us to be as the, a hope in a person. It's a hope in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our hope is not in an institution like the local church. Our hope is not in a denomination. Our hope is not in a statement of faith. Our hope is not in a lifestyle. Our hope is not in a particular day of the week to worship God. Our hope is not in a particular translation of the Bible. Our hope is in the living person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that makes it, number 11, a good hope because it's in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a good hope we have. We have a very good hope because of what it says about our hope in 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. It says this, for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction is but a for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. See what this verses are telling us about our hope? We have a good hope. It's a great hope 
because in 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18, our hope is stated to be not in our outer self, but our hope is in our inner self, in our soul. It's a good thing because if our hope is built on our healthy condition, we are all men most miserable. (laughs) If we have to look in the mirror and say, you look pretty good, (laughs) and you feel good, you know, and now you've got hope, that's all men most miserable. (laughs) And so, no, we can stand. We can watch our bodies fall apart, and we don't care. Because our hope is not in our bodies. Our hope is not in our outer self. Our hope is in, the, in, our, in our inner self. The Lord has saved our souls. And we're just like the hermit crab who lives in the shell until he grows where the shell's too small. Then he leaves that shell behind and goes into another one. That's a picture of death for the believer. The death that there is a non-material. There is the us that can be seen, that's our bodies. There is the us that cannot be seen, that is not seen. The us that can be seen, the Bible calls that temporal, passing away. The us that cannot be seen, that's eternal. And God says, your hope is not in your body, in, your, in what is seen. Your hope is in the resurrection, as it says in Acts 24, 15. And we have hope toward God, which they themselves also allow, that there shall be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. It's a good hope we have because our hope is not based, it's not in our outer self, it's in our inner self. Number 12, number 13. It's a good hope that we have because of what it says about our hope in Isaiah 25, 8. He shall swallow up death in victory, And the Lord God will wipe away all tears from off all faces, and the rebuke of his people shall he take away from off the earth, for the Lord has spoken it. Similar to this is in Hosea 13, 14, where God says, I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be thy plagues. O grave, I will be thy destruction. Repentance shall be hid from mine eyes. 1 Corinthians 15, 54, 55. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory, quoting from Hosea 13, 14. O grave, where is thy sting? Uh, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? This is... Good hope we have because of what it says in 2 Timothy 1.10. But as now it made manifest by the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. It's a good hope we have because of these verses in Isaiah 25.8 and Hosea 13.14 and 1 Corinthians 15.54-55 and 2 Timothy 1.10. Because our hope is for the defeat of our greatest foe. Our hope is for the abolishment of what we were, we we are absolutely helpless to fight against, which is death. We have no tools, we have no power, we have no ability to fight against death. We may hold a loved one so dear to us who's sick and dying, and we can say to death, you won't take them, you won't take them. And death laughs at us. 
and grabs that one right out of our arms. That's our foe, death. And we are absolutely helpless. But our Lord Jesus Christ is the one who puts his face right in the face of death and said, I will be your plagues. I will be your destruction. And he did, and, and that's our hope. Our, it's a good hope we have, number 13, because our hope is for the destruction of death through the Lord Jesus Christ or by the Lord Jesus Christ. He destroys death. It's a good hope what we have because of what it says in Psalm 23, 6. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor, founder of Israel Restoration Ministries and our Bible teacher on the Friendship with God radio program, has created the Friendship with God Study and Reference Bible. It's a King James Study and Reference Bible with over 2,200 total pages, 13.5 point large font, and has over 600 pages of Bible helps and resources. It has Hebrew root notations in the Old Testament and over 30,000 Bible column and inline scripture references. It also includes daily bread reading notations, a tour of the Bible scripture journey, 12 custom-made full-color maps, and a full-color nine-page History of Israel timeline map. Not to mention incredible concordance and the most popular Bible scripture references section, Bible reference help section, and hundreds and hundreds of other personalized pages from Tom Cantor to grow your friendship with God. It's printed on Finland thin paper printing technology and covered in a black lambskin leather cover with gold lettering. To order your Friendship with God study and reference Bible, go to our homepage on friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org.